poppin' for the blow. My money is told. Shotty at go. Till she seen it told. I've been feeling blow. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's the Dealio? I am Jay Ciano. To the right, I have the ultimate human, Michael Steinberg. And today we have an amazing guest, Jesse, my brother from Generations Beyond, who just dropped a book and is the ultimate marketing supervillain. Jesse, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? Greetings, citizens. And thanks for having me, <laughs> welcome, uh, Mike welcome. and Jay. Thank you. Of course. So let's ask the first question, the most obvious. What is a marketing supervillain? Good question. Common question. So I think like most people, when the pandemic hit, um, I kind of did the whole self-reflection. What do I really want to be when I grow up? And I, I just started noticing all these parallels. One of them being I had a, a shipping container dropped in my backyard and I started decking it out into a, a little podcast studio slash supervillain lair. So I had my own kind of little dark secret <laughs> getaway where I would, uh, I would think about business. And, uh, you know, mostly it was a lot of the thinking was, uh, you know, a lot of people... They all want this. They all want the same thing, but when they get it, they don't want it. And that's change, right? So everybody wants change. They want something different, something new and fresh. And the second you give it to them, they don't like it. They they start they start you know rubbing elbows and and complaining. So in the book, we pay tribute to a lot of the disruptors in the past who pretty much uniformly were all looked at almost as villains, right? So they give something you know something different to the world. You have your Ubers of the world where they come out. And at first, everybody looks at them side-eyed, and now it's just ubiquitous. Everyone just has an Uber on their phone. So, you know, the book mainly focuses on how to be a differentiator, how to change the rules of the game, and kind of get to the head of your industry. Love that. Amazing. So we're sitting with Michael Steinberg from Hedgestone, who's rewriting business brokerage. And I'd like to think that I've disrupted the commercial real estate space a little bit. So, you know, I think it's very challenging. And I would imagine that your clients, when they hear you suggesting how to completely like, you know, do something that hasn't necessarily been done before, that you get a lot of pushback and, you know, folks are not comfortable being uncomfortable. Talk to us about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's the same in a lot of industries, but with fitness, right? Everyone says, I'm going to get in shape. I'm gonna, I'll be here at 5 a.m. every day. And then a week goes by and it's like, ugh, I'm hurting, I'm this, I'm that. And then they eventually fall off. If they make it a week. It's the same thing, exactly. <laughs> Everyone says, you know, hey, let's push it to the edge. Let's do something a little bit different. Let's get our name out there. And then hey, they sand off the rough edges. They sand off the rough edges. And by the time it comes out, in most, in most cases, it's just white noise that's completely safe and completely unmemorable. Um, and basically during the, during the pandemic, I'm like, you know what? The most rewarding things I've done in 25 years of marketing are the things that are memorable are the things that are outside the box that actually got out of the nest without having everybody's fingerprints on it. So I said, you know what? That's what I'm going to focus on. That's, that's my specialization. And then I just went back to the supervillain lair and I read everything I could on why it is the way I am and how to do it scientifically, you know, your, your manufacturing difference, is that possible? And I kind of came up with a process of doing it. Um, and it's been out in the world and we've been doing it with clients and it's been working. Is that wow. decommoditized? Decommoditized. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what is that? So during the, uh, you know, during my, my soul search, I learned that, you know, there's a certain number of projects that like really stuck out to me and turns out you can't say this is your specialty, but what I really enjoy doing is taking something completely boring 
something that's on the verge of becoming a commodity. Nobody really cares. You know, you're looking at, you know, two cesspool guys. I don't care which one, right? This guy's $5 cheaper. I'll choose him, right? Taking something really boring and injecting so much life into it that it just completely stands on its own. Those are the things that, that make me, uh, that, that get my juices like flowing. That. So I basically look at the world of commodities and said, all right, you know, let's take you if you're the guy in your industry that's willing to, to break some eggs and let's decommoditize you. Let's put you on a pedestal completely above the rest and let's see who's out there that's willing to take the risk and, uh, and do it properly. It's a very scary process, right? Because, you know, we are all essentially feeding our families, you know, with doing business a certain way. And the thought of turning that on its head is a very, very scary thing, especially when you have business partners, when, you know, again, you're relying on safety a little bit and yep. consistency. Um, it's, it could be a very daunting thing to do. And especially the more that you push the envelope, the more people that you upset, the more attention you might get. But sure. again, you're going to get pushed back. And oftentimes that's from people closest to you, uh, which makes you really rethink, should I stay the course? Um, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, do you have any, any advice for business owners and entrepreneurs that are, you know, setting out to do something different and getting some headwinds and maybe some negative feedback, how to kind of break through that noise? Yeah, I mean, we have a, I think a 40 point checklist, kind of four different tiers of, you know, what, what goes on in the mind of a business owner that's at the verge of becoming a commodity, right? So mm. you're, you're doing your business and you start hearing a couple of things like, oh, there's, a, there's an app coming out that kind of does what I do. You know, oh, that's for lower end market. That doesn't affect me. And we kind of walk you through, uh, you know, the mindset of someone that's about to become commoditized. So our greatest client is someone that's, you know, for lack of a better term, had their teeth kicked in, right? Yeah. They're forced to lower prices. They're forced to compete. That pride of solving their client's problems is gone. It's right. just like, all right, how many can I get? How cheap can I do it for? What kind of profit? So that's kind of a great client for me. So they're kind of, their back's against the wall. And they're willing to taste, take those risks where if you have like a startup that has these rose-colored rose glasses looking at the future, they, they have no problem playing it safe, right? So our ideal client is someone that's, you know, the safety net's gone. It's time to, time to make some moves. But if you're, you know, if you're starting to hear some things and most of us are in denial, like, oh, I'm special. That's not going to happen to me. That's everybody else is doomed. But, right. you know, I've been doing this for 25 years. All these new competitors that are popping up overnight. Hey, I wish them the best of luck, but they don't know what I know. And then eventually before you know, it, it's like, oh, my God, you know, I'm one of a thousand and no one can tell the difference between me and the other guy. So read the book, check out the checklist. And if uh, mm -hmm. any of them ring true. You may want to proactively start, you know, getting comfortable with, you know, you know, putting out a podcast here and there, putting yourself out in social media, oh, getting comfortable with uh, now we're you know, talking. doing things a, a little differently. Mike, that's a nice little uh, segue for you. When, when you and I first met, you were not really utilizing social media. Never. I mean, I was, I was on LinkedIn, but I wasn't yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. I didn't uh, push it to where it should have been pushed. It's and, funny, uh, though, because the minute you and I spoke about it, I'm like, you know, it's it's a full-time job. It's exhausting. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to be like, why are you always on your phone? You know, da-da-da-da-da. 
and to watch you like grow your business and your personal brand and everything else in a very short amount of time creating really good short form content, which was also the inspiration for this podcast in a lot of Absolutely. ways. Um, it's how, free marketing, you know? Yeah, but to, but talk about that because I think there's a lot of people that are hearing what Jesse just said that are on the fence like, yeah, I know I should be doing this, but... I mean, I think if you want to be a disruptor in your industry, I think that you... I know you have to be on social media. You have to let people know what you do at all times. You got to be in front of their faces. You got to... You know, when someone thinks of business brokering, they have to think of me. So that's why every single day, I don't miss a day of posting a reel. And I spoke to someone at Andy Elliott. He's like, Andy posts three times a day, yeah. three reels a day. Yeah. He's like, you got to get your engagement up. So now I'm posting two to three. I'm going to post two to three times a day. Just get in front of people, let them know what you do, and then your name's going to get out there. Jesse, talk to us about being top of mind. Top of mind, it's 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 interesting because I, I in the book I have kind of two two kind of diverse diametric diametrically opposed thoughts. Mm. So top of mind is really important, especially if you're specialized and you have your audience, right? The other side of the fence is something happened, this is about I'd say six years ago in human history that's never happened before. And it was it was a marked moment. And that moment was people are willing to pay more for less. So that's never happened before. So to tell you what I mean, I was at a, a conference for uh, like reality TV and movies and things like that. And the, the data people said this is like an important moment because you go to your cable company and they'll give you 200 channels for 100 bucks, right? So that works out to 50 cents a channel. People now, as we all know, six years later, are completely willing to pay five bucks for BBC, I'll pay five bucks for one channel if I get what I want. I don't want the other 200 channels, right? So we're completely willing at this point to pay more for less because there's just so much stuff out there, right? So you risk when you're, you're top of mind, it's also important to be incredibly valuable. You're not just putting out content for content's sake, we call it commoditized content, because you could actually hurt your brand because people are like, you know what, this is a guy's talking so much about stuff I don't want. I just want the BBC channel, right? Let me cut out all the garbage. I'm actually willing to pay for this guy's content. So top of mind is great, but also relevant top of mind stuff, you know, wow. quality content, not just yeah. content quality over quantity, but, you know, meet somewhere in the middle. You definitely sure. want to be, you know, quantity in there as well, but not just the fluff that everybody's out there, you know, just regurgitating the e-myth, right? And, yeah. you know, regurgitating old school thoughts and a new rapper get something, uh, you know, quality out there as get well. quality out there. It's such an interesting, uh, thing because I think it's challenging for, for myself, it's challenging. You know, I, I being in, in rooms with Gary Vaynerchuk many years ago and being inspired to do what I've done, you know, in 2016, way before, um, definitely anybody in my industry was doing it, but yep. even before, you know, many industries were doing it, um, Gary would always talk about, you know, just more and more and more, right? Like, it's not, should I be doing this or that? It's, you should be doing this and that, and that, and that, right? Like, there's no such thing. As every putting, platform. Yeah, every platform and, you know, essentially creating for that platform, but it could be the same, you know, yep. message, same piece of content, and the reality is, you know, we're all busy, right? Like I'm a CEO and an, an owner in multiple businesses and so on and so forth. So having to create content is a full-time job. 
and you know having had a week you and i met when i had a weekly vlog that's yep. how we met yep and you know i did 250 episodes brit yep. oh 250 weekly episodes which is what how many years five years is that right Four years. Four years. Four to five years. Um, straight of doing that. And it's like, you know, I did that to, to become top of mind, to give people kind of a window into my world, which is also the Kardashian effect, right? right. So when I started doing that, it changed the dynamic of meetings for me because I would walk into meetings with people I've never met before and they would go to give me a hug and they would ask me about my son. And I was like, oh my God, this shit is so powerful. Like being a sales and marketing person, like the fact that I was able to change the dynamic and, and not start, I didn't, I no longer had to worry about who else was, who else they were meeting with. Yep. It was like bizarre how I completely annihilated the competition by doing what I was doing. So you did it so early. It, not only that, it was just, but, but for your, but for your market, a lot of the commercial brokers, they weren't doing that, right? Definitely not. They were just a bit too busy making fun of me for doing it. But while I was getting the positive effects of doing it, they couldn't see or know what was happening, right? But I'd be walking into the same room that they were walking into and they'd have to shake hands and say, oh, by the way, my name is so-and-so and I like long walks on the beach. And da, da, da. I didn't have to say a word. I'd walk in. Everybody knew me already. That's huge. It, it's game-changing, right? Now you also have to be really good at what you do and you have to be able to, you know, solve problems and, 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 you know, be uh, of service to them in order to, you know, take that edge and convert it into, you know, essentially landing the business and execution. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a mixture, right? So I'll give, I'll give huge credit to Brit. You know, yeah. I, I, 10 years ago, I would have, Never in a million years, like, oh, you're gonna, we're going to have a, a, you know, a real estate guy come in for a meeting and, you know, he wants to do social media. I, I don't care. Like, and to the point where every single client that came in, I'm a divorce attorney. I want to do social media. All right. Here's Jay Siana. Like, this is the level you need to do to be successful. Um, so the authenticity, the production, the vibe that you created, it's not like, here's five things to know before you buy your commercial lease. Bum, bum, like. It's it's a it's a recipe. It's it's authenticity. It's uh, execution. It's style. It's vibe. It's you know, and you know, you're lucky that you have a cool vibe that people latch onto. You know, a lot of people don't have that. You know, I am a bank teller. Like, he has a hook. <laughs> yes, yeah. he has a hook. But it's I also it's don't give a fuck about other people's opinions, which is really the key, right? Like, ultimately, it's really tough when you're when you're being criticized by people like again i go back to it you're being criticized by people that not only people in an industry that are your competition that are obviously going to criticize you if you're doing well right like that's that's kind of a, a rite of passage in business yep. but when you're getting criticized by a close family member who do you think you are you know like that type of stuff's really hard to deal with and it's really hard to get through until so many years pass where you're like, listen, if you don't get it by now, like I'm not explaining myself anymore. Like it doesn't really matter to me. This is how I feed the family and this is what I'm going to continue doing. Um, but how, again, like how do you, how do you deal with that, Mike? Like just cause it's That's newer to you. Thing. Like, yeah. do you get any negative feedback? Cause all I see is love. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's, there are it's smoke and mirrors, you know, yeah. and you know, it's just, that work-life balance, you have to, you have to just learn 
to balance because if your life is affected, your business is going to be affected. So how do you have that balance? And it's a very interesting topic with business owners because, you know, life is like your family. If you have a family, it's everything. And if that's affected because you're working too much, your business is going to go down. So it's a lot of trial and error right now to yeah. answer your question. Yeah, that makes sense. Jesse, for companies and, and business owners that look at marketing dollars as a waste of time and a waste of funds that they can allocate elsewhere, what are your thoughts on that? Because, you know, Sabre was spending uh, a, a, an insane amount of money on marketing, digital marketing, you know, developing uh, our social platforms, things of that nature. Unfortunately, my partners were always behind me and willing to allocate funds to it, but... What would you say to people that are like, you know, I, 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 I'm a small business and I don't know if I could actually spend money on social media or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I think in at this exact time, almost everyone on the planet is in some capacity a marketer, right? So yeah. even if you're posting pictures of your kids on Facebook, on your personal Facebook, and you're like, wow, that, that picture got 12 likes, but the picture I posted last week got 40 likes. So we're all in this mindset of like, clamoring for attention and likes, um, you know, whether you realize it or not. And I think, you know, if you're a business owner that's not into marketing yet, you just need to look at, just put a new lens. You know, you guys were talking about creating content. It's hard at first, but when you have that lens, you're like, okay, I'm stuck in traffic and this guy's licensed. He has, he's got a bumper sticker. That's a, that's a real, I'm going to riff on that. You just have to put that lens in place, right? So if you put everything through the lens of, all right, this did well on social media, this did not, or, you know, I put this sale out and this happened. Everyone's kind of already doing that, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. Um, you know, you just need to put that lens on and say, I wonder what would happen if, you know, this instead of this would happen and, you know, dip your, dip your toe in the pool and, uh, you know, see what happens. I think preparation also, like, like when I first started, I just would like click Instagram and I would just go on my story. But now like I go to my camera, I go to my story and then I send it to someone and they edit it. And it just, I feel like that helped me a lot where I just prepared my posts and you know, prepared my stories. And like you said, quality, quality is everything. Yeah, I'm so bad at that. Like, I literally... <laughs> no, but you're authentic with it. And I, but, uh, you know, I'm just... I'm walking around and pick up my camera. It's authenticity. At, at, it, it, of course, and it's spontaneous, and I'm just being myself. And, and oftentimes, it's funny, I use social media as an account accountability tool for me, for my daily habits, and just talking into the camera where I'm actually, like, talking to myself. And if somebody else gets value out of it, great. Um, and also getting things off my chest, because I can't just... When, when you're dealing with a lot of high-pressure things and people are coming at you and so on and so forth, I can't just tell them to go fuck themselves publicly, so I kind of do it in a really nice way on my stories. Well, you've, 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 <laughs> reached, you've reached the next level where not only are you promoting you know, what you do, but Jay Sayano is definitely a brand, right? So I'll ask this, uh, this rhetorical question. Could someone that has absolutely no interest in commercial real estate still find value Right. So you're almost posting for two businesses. Right. Yeah. Even more probably. Right? right. Because you, when you throw in the fitness and like the personal development stuff, you know, you, I know that I have to speak kind of wide. Right. Um, and it's challenging to your point earlier, because, you know, I'm not for somebody who's just looking for BBC. They're not getting that on my channel because you're going to get some 
consumer behavior, some, you know, pop culture, some rap, some commercial real estate, some residential real estate, some entrepreneurship, some family stuff, you know, dad, you know, all that stuff thrown into a blender. And ultimately, you know, I, I don't do any of this shit for likes and engagement, right. you know, like all, honestly what I use it for, and this is my secret, my entire feed is just a web that when I meet important people throughout my day, which I do inevitably, cause that's how I schedule my days, they're going to check me out and they're going to fall into that web. And the minute that they start to see me in my real life or hear things that I'm saying about their businesses when I'm not in front of them and they kind of hear something and it resonates with them. Uh, I have a much better opportunity sure. to not only potentially win business, but more importantly to establish, establish a relationship and a friendship, which is how I do business. Right? So at this stage of my life, I have no interest in doing business with folks that are not aligned yep. that I can't truly help. And I'm not passionate about if, if it's the cesspool company, I have no interest. Yep. It's very simple. Right? Yep. So it's, but, but you have to, this is 23 years later. You have to kind I, I always say, you have to do the things you don't want to do to hopefully one day be able to get the thing to do the things you want to do. And without strategic marketing, it's very difficult to become top of mind, which I think is extremely important in business and life, right? Because you can't tell me that you're not going to do better in life by knowing more people and by more people being aware of who you are and that you exist. And I like to say, if something's not videoed, it never happened. Mm -hmm. Because I used to have to go to every conference on the planet in my industry and shake everybody's fucking hands. Today, I could do one post and shake hands at scale, and that's what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said before, you got to get really uncomfortable to be in the position you want to be in in the future. Yeah. And, I mean, just think about it. You do a post on social media, you get 5,000 views. That's like speaking in front of 5,000 people in a stadium. Think about how many people that is. Yeah. So that's like, in the, that's like in the back of my head all the time. Like, how do I get more engagement? How do I get better at posting? How do I start off the videos better? You know, how do I just get 1% better a day? And everything social media, I agree with what, every, everything you're saying. Sounds like you two need to have a, a, an <laughs> offline conversation here. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like that strategy and, and, and whatnot, you know, that will unlock the next level. There's so many things that I want to do that I just have to stop making excuses and do it. And I admit it. Like, I'm not, I'm the type of person that takes accountability. Um, I should talk about more industries on social. I should really go industry by industry on social with different businesses and explain the profitabilities of that business explain what's good about that business, what's bad about that business, explain what businesses that I've sold, go into businesses that I've sold, speak to the owners. There's so much more I want to do and I'm going to do, um, but I got to strategically plan. You want me to blow your mind? Yeah. Jesse, talk, talk to us about getting a specific piece of content in front of the right eyeballs and not just on social media. Yeah, so you hear you hear about the boogeyman out there, right? Or that everybody's buying our privacy. They're looking at what we do. Facebook, TikTok, it's evil. We actually have the ability to harness that evil power. And once you have it on your side, it's not evil anymore. It's a superpower, right? So to give you an example, if you wanted to get 
you have a great reel that's performing well. You want to get that in front of, I only want to get it in front of business owners in Florida who do one to $5 million a year and have employee counts of, you know, one to 10, right? We have the ability to get not only, not only your reel, but display ads, 30 second TV commercials in front of just those people. So in the past, when you were doing a TV campaign in Florida, you'd spend tens of thousands of dollars. Now that we may only be talking about 500 business owners, that's going to cost you maybe $150. So on one, on one aspect, you're still hitting everybody that you want to hit. And on the other aspect, there's like this halo effect where those 150 people or the five, those 500 people are like, man, this guy, Mike is everywhere. He, he must be huge, right? Every time I turn on the TV, it's Mike, 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 Mike. This guy must be the name brand. So there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, sm- you, you know that to a science. Oh yeah. We do that all day, every day. <laughs> it's crazy. It blows my mind. And yeah. the, the, the thing is it's, it's mind blowingly cheap. So a full, if you wanted to get a full 30 second TV ad in front of that business owner in Florida, it costs you three cents. So every time he sees that ad, three cents. Am I going in the right direction here? So when, People go on their phone when they type in, uh, you know, business, just pizzeria business in Florida. Like, you see the cookies. Like, you you see that you could find that history. And they don't like, even have to type anything. They could talk. They don't have to do anything. So I know here's where all the pizza place owners in Florida live. And you know what? The guys that have been doing it for 40 years, I don't want to talk to them. I only want to talk to these guys. So they don't have to go on their phone. They don't have to talk. They don't have to spy on them. I know exactly. I only want to talk to the pizza place owners that, you know, like the Jets. Wow. I can do that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. It, well, That's it, cool. It, it, it's because of all of the, it's, it's anonymous data through, right, it's, it's, it's groups of anonymous data right. that essentially you're, they're getting from your, from your cell phone. Right. Like so. So you could target people that are spending X at Trader Joe's, you know, like you can get so highly targeted that it's it's insane. So you could really create a very specific piece of content and get it only in front of those targeted eyeballs, which is crazy. Your mind's blown. Talk about how um, how there's the ability to geofence a conference center. There's the ability to geofence. You like somebody. that word? I love that fence. I love that fence. I love that <laughs> word. Think about this, dude. There is a way to target people that are going into a mastermind event and shoot them advertising. Just the people that are in that building. Wow. That, is even, that crazy? Wow. Even better. So you could literally. Is it through their Wi-Fi security or how do you? No. It's, so there's something called a maid, which is a mobile ad ID. And every mobile phone emits this number, right? It's literally like a ping for advertisers. Some people shut it off. That, I do. That, that Mike doesn't know how. That, that, like most people, Mike does not know how to shut it off. That so percentage, settings, that, uh, that percentage yeah, yeah. is very privacy. low. Right? Adverti- privacy advertising. So you. Jay's absolutely right. You want to target an, an event and start, start hitting those people, you can do it. But what's really interesting is let's say you're a, you know, a mom and pop hardware store on Long Island and you want to put a geofence around every Home Depot parking lot and every Lowe's parking lot. And every time someone, if you know they're a customer of yours because they've been in your geofence and they cross into that Home Depot shopping center, you can hit them with the text saying, hey, come on down for 20% off, da-da-da-da. Oh, 
and kind of snipe them out of. So, I mean, the, <laughs> possi- get their num- like, the possibilities you- are endless. Yeah, we got to talk after um, this. Right? But, Isn't that uh, crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I got some ideas right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see me and Jay lining up. Like, this is where the passion, yeah. the yeah, passion like, lies. Like, but what I would want to do is I would want to search for people that are on biz by sale that there are looking at businesses and then just hit them up with Hedgestone. You know, that's exactly. just. That's that's simple. Well, you could you could also. That's why I brought up like the convention centers because yep. during events, right? Like if there's a a specific event for business owners and whatnot, you know, you could literally send them a headstone ad. Um, and it's not necessarily when they walk into the conference right. center. It's essentially you're able to capture the data of the people that are penetrating that. Geofence, my favorite word. Yeah, wow. and they can get a ad from you at a later date. So there's a qualification, obviously, for people that are going to specific events. And, and you do that? Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's the, like I said, the possibilities are endless. I can have people that go to your website and do nothing. Right, they go to the website, they look around, they don't do anything. Maybe their boss walks in, they shut the window. Three days later, they can have a physical postcard in their mailbox saying, <laughs> "Hey." Check out Hedgestone, give me a call, I'm here for you. And now you come out of the digital world and maybe you get on the fridge and that's like prime real estate. They throw your postcard on the fridge. Like it just appears on the fridge? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, digital fridge. (laughs) With him, it might. (laughs) It might. It magically appears. I mean, how cool is that? That's insane. So the type of stuff that Jesse and I geek out on and, and, you know, obviously I learned so much from him about this stuff, but, you know, the, the opportunities are endless and back to the kind of, I always use the basic cable concept, right? Like who the fuck wants a thousand chat? Who right. wants dish network? Right. Well, you sit there, it's kind of like dating too, right? It's, it's like, if you have too many options of anything, you're never going to settle down, right? It's like, so I feel like being super targeted and focusing on quality over quantity is really the way to go. And if you're able to create content and I should clearly be doing a better job at this but if you're able to create specific content to put in front of the eyeballs of the ceos of these companies right like you could target the c-suite of any company you can do that through linkedin too yeah um but this you know this is a completely different Different level of things that most people are not even aware that can be done but we all know that the minute i open my phone i'm gonna get you know messages about what we just said yeah, <laughs> yep. so it's obviously yep. happening. Yeah. Just people don't really uncover, you know, or think about how. It's almost like weaponizing it, right? So yeah. you you have traffic data for real estate. You can tell me how many cars, how much foot traffic. That data has been flowing forever. Now it just takes someone to take it, weaponize it, and say, "Hey, I can get this in front of everyone that drove past this Starbucks today." Correct. You know, by doing this, and it's more valuable than a billboard because yep. everyone's looking at their phone while they're driving past the billboard. Yep. Now. Yep. <laughs> which is safe yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no there's just endless opportunities with this yeah by the way uh, mike you just got an ad for decommoditized you're just not aware because your phone's <laughs> probably you did i'm just yeah. letting you know <laughs> no I, I definitely want to speak because there's just like the business brokerage industry is just untapped and there's just so many ways to get in front of these business owners. I mean, that's a way that nobody's done. I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people ask me, you know, looking at trends, what's the next business that is set to be decommoditized and kind of become the name brand. Oh, I love that question. And it's, 
I, I use two, two kind of litmus tests. Number one, it's either a business that you wouldn't feel comfortable letting your, you know, fresh out of college kid handle, or maybe your, your wife or anything you see on a telephone pole. Right. So think back 10 years. If Taylor Swift came to town and you didn't get tickets. She's now a billionaire. Yes. <laughs> I saw that yesterday. But if Taylor continue. Swift came to town and you didn't get tickets, you'd open up the newspaper, go to a ticket broker and the, you know, Joe's tickets, right? And then StubHub came along and just legitimized the whole business and now they're the name brand. Sure. Right? If you had junk, you'd go to the classifieds, we'd look on a telephone pole, Joe's junk removal. I got this weird guy with a truck coming to my house. <laughs> I'm not going to leave my wife there alone with this guy. But now you got 1-800-JUNK. You got, you know, college, college whatever. Hunks, college hunks, college right? junk. Mike used to work there. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just picking up those dressers. Mike the hunk. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, any business that has kind of that, eh, I'm not really sure about this. I'm not, I like you know, those two things that you just pointed out. Yeah, so, so it's, hard, it's hard to remember back a day before that would happen. But anytime I see a telephone pole, we buy houses for cash. And I'm like... But somebody could come along and just become the name brand of that somebody industry. could come along and create Zillow. Yes, yes, <laughs> right. It's you know what it's crazy though that you say that because I feel like you know again back to like just branding you know one hundred and one like creating something that is really easy for people to remember you know catchy name like college hunks hauling junk right like it it's such a smart and or one eight hundred got junk right who the hell's gonna forget one eight hundred got junk. Right. It's it's really interesting because it's it seems like it's not necessarily that difficult to do if you find an industry that hasn't you know, that hasn't been Ubered yet. Right. And yeah, you almost legitimize it. Right. So I got, you know, Joe's business brokers and then I got Hedgestone, mm -hmm. like the name brand. If something goes wrong, I feel like I have you know, some, some infrastructure and hedgestone. Yeah. So it's just kind of like taking, you know, we call it the, uh, the universe of differentiation. So there's like 10 different planets or 10 ways that big brands have successfully differentiated themselves and basically legitimizing or making your company much more approachable than a Joe's junk or a Joe's ticket broker sales, making yourself much more approachable adding that legitimacy and then making it memorable. Yeah. You just take over an industry overnight. I was watching a post this morning and it was Steve Jobs talking about brand and he just said, brand is trust. He said, very simply, I know for a fact that if one of our Apple customers has an issue with one of their products, they come in and they get the best possible customer service. They're going to be happy because they trust us and so on and so forth. And they focus solely on keeping their customers happy. And that trust is sparks word of mouth. People, you know, are happy to talk about the service they got, the product, how great it is, things of that nature. And it's tough for when you, again, when you're running and growing a business, especially a service oriented business, it's really challenging to establish that trust because myself as the CEO, I can handle a client a certain way every single time, but getting everybody else at the company to do that the same way and truly look out for the best interest of the client, not the best interest of their wallet is not an easy thing to do, especially when the economies turn or you have people that are earlier on in their career and are quite desperate to make that commission in our industry. And that's been a challenge for us over time until we consolidated and were way more thoughtful 
about who we're hiring and how they're compensated. It really solved that for us. Yeah, I mean, now harder for me than ever is the is the remote world, right? So back when we could introduce ourselves and press the flesh and come see my amazing office with my pinball machines. Now it's now I'm a one zoom box compared to another zoom box. So a that great was an amazing office with amazing pinball. machines. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and now it really comes down to, you know, a great litmus test is someone's buying your product. They have two proposals right next to each other and yours is a dollar more. What's going to make them pay that extra dollar and to, to, to tag on to what Jay was saying, the best example of a brand um, definition for me is the second someone cares about who is making the product is the second a brand is born. Right. So mm. I have two web guys. I don't care. Like it's web stuff. I don't understand it. But the second you care, like this guy is going to care a little bit more. That's the, the moment a brand is created. I love that. That's huge. That's huge. That resonates so much with what I'm doing in, in Hedgestone, what we're doing in Hedgestone. It's you know, forget about trying to take over the industry. Get someone to pay $1 more than the other guy. Why would they do that? Yeah. And that, that creates the differentiation, yeah. right? You're it's not, not, a, it's you're, not an easy... You're uh, no longer just trying to beat the competition. Right. And I tr it's funny because it always goes back to that, like, the you know, the... the but I'm too focused on my own grass to, to see if yours is greener, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think... But early on when I started Sabre, I was, I was looking at everybody's grass. I was, sure. and, and ultimately, like initially out of the gate, I created what I thought was a cooler, more current version of my competitors. Yep. And then over the years, I was like, fuck my competitors. I'm not even in the same business. <laughs> yep. And now it's like, I don't have competition, you know? And, and all we do is focus on what we do and getting better at what we do, providing better service and focusing on a way more specific client that we could really add value to rather than just trying to win any account. Yep. Yep. And that's when I think you can really, you know, go to new heights. Yeah. And it's not, there's, there's plenty of books out there that say, find your USP, find your differentiator and they push you out of the nest. And you know, coming from me doing this for 25 years, I've had coaches, I've had high level, you know, uh, uh, consultants It's not an easy task, you know, finding that differentiator that really resonates with people to get them to pay that extra dollar. Absolutely. So that's one of the reasons also that I created the book is, you know, these are, these are 10 chapters of here is how you do it. And one size does not fit all find, find your lane. Here's a bunch of ingredients to start with. Um, and if you need help, we have something called the DOA, which is a four-week program. It's the Decommoditized Opportunity Analysis, wow. where we find your true differentiators. I'm reading your book. <laughs> I mean, everyone should read his book. If, if anyone's in business, they should read your book. Tell everyone where they can get the book, Jesse. So the book is on pretty much everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, one of the learning experiences of launching a book, being a first-time author, you are low man on the totem pole. So if you want a hard copy, it's going to take a couple of weeks to get printed from Amazon, but you can order it. You want Kindle, you could start reading it right now. Amazing. I'm going to wait for the hard copy. I'll give I you a signed. I'll give you the personalized. Yes. You know, definitely, you know, no joke. Definitely an inspiration. Um, you were, you were, you were top of mind while writing the book, you know, things that, things that stuck out and differentiate, uh, uh, you know, Jay Sciano. I would be in, in my agency life every day and people would come. I want to do social media. I'm like, 
Here's the level. I appreciate it. That's that, awesome. Man. Here's the level. Thank you. And, you know, I was, I was just talking to someone yesterday that does tourism in Lake George, and they're like, we know we got to get some influencers from Long Island. I'm like, I don't know anyone except James Hyanna. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. See? I'm going to have a gig with a tourism company yep, soon. Yep. Look at that. I've, no, I've known you before we've met from social media. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't that's, even know if I told you that. You probably I've, have not. I've known you. I've known you before. I've just... Known, I heard a saber. I looked you up on social. I knew you. Yeah, and and you know, not to be arrogant, but I kind of assumed. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, when you're at it, that I mean, long, when you're in that, and, and we're in the same circles yeah. and whatnot, and but I appreciate you saying that because I feel like a lot of people are just fucking haters and like act like they didn't, but that doesn't matter, you know. Bottom line is they called exactly, and and you know, I, I'll take a moment to thank. Brittany, because it takes a village, A, and B. Thank you, Brittany. You know, the, Jesse, you've been an inspiration to me, as you know, and you, you and I are always chopping it up. Always. And, you know, you've always been, you know, again, in that kind of crowded, noisy world of, of where it's way easier to spread negativity. You've always been somebody that's, you know, pushing and, and supporting and helping and uh, encouraging and super positive vibes, so... Uh, everybody needs to buy this book. I'm going to buy 5,000. There might be, not be any left for you. <laughs> so you should buy it immediately. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. This was great, fun. great podcast. Where, where can everybody find you? I didn't, I didn't ask that. So we have a, for lack of a better term, we built this beautiful general uh, local marketing agency called Generations Beyond. And through my second origin story, figuring out what I really want to be when I grow up and what I'm really good at, I launched Decommoditized, which is if you're looking for, if you feel like you're currently in a race to the bottom, chopping prices, you lost that pride that you once had solving your, your client's problems, give us a call. Love chatting about this stuff, obviously. And uh, we'll see if Decommoditized is right for you and your industry and if you could be the guy or the girl that just becomes the name brand that's immediately top of mind, like a StubHub or a 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We'll help get you there. Where can they find you on Instagram as well? Or Instagram, Marketing Supervillain, TikTok, Marketing Supervillain, uh, LinkedIn, and I don't really do Facebook. I know you don't do yeah, it. No, yeah, not so much. Marketing yeah. Supervillain, nice name. Awesome. And YouTube, I most pride in my YouTube channel. So. Uh, cool. Guys, by the way, you have to check out Jesse's <laughs> content. Like he, his, 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 Mind I'm is brilliant, right and his his content is fucking next level, dude. You have to check I'm it. A, out. I'm, I'm checking it out right now. I'm a frustrated film, uh, uh, frustrated filmmaker, and a huge pop culture geek. So I bring all that into production. Of it's uh, really of good, us. man. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the opposite of what I'm saying. I like wing shit. I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going, everybody? It's Friday. <laughs> Jesse is creating, like really creating. It's amazing. Got to put that supervillain lair to use. Get yeah. Shipping container. Got to use it. <laughs> Got to make it happen. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Brother. Thank you, Jesse. Really nice having you.